So I was watching a video on um, Marvel bow and arrows and how they're not legit, and I was I was surprised at yeah. So like. Yeah, I mean, obviously what they're not mean? like they're obviously all CGI, but like apparently the arrows are no, CGI. No, these actors trained trained for months Never. to master their shooting but with, technique. But with Hawkeye, as in particular, obviously, because funny enough, that's his thing. He um, apparently the way the grip is, you have to bring the arrow over, and the grip is on the 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 ledge where you put the arrow is on the wrong side or it's on the right side uh, but it's impossible for you to get the arrow into position the way he loads the bow and right there's i think when you slow it i don't know whether she slowed it frame by frame down it was basically an archer talking about the um and she was, she, she right. was just she was just mind boggled by the level of detail they went to to avoid like swapping like swapping the grip or so basically there were quick fixes that you could have done in practice potentially and they decided to just cgi (laughs) the arrow so he never pulls an arrow out of his quiver and loads it it's all see the arrow he just pretends yeah um man i bet her mind was blown when she saw the big pin particle arrow and it just dropped on the bridge like that must have (laughs) really really messed with her sense of uh disbelief (laughs) uh yeah no but i think it's fair I, i love that you can sort of like have have these insight like it's got to be believable right to to a certain yeah, extent um i do like watching somebody who's passionate about a certain topic talk about that topic and if yeah. it's in the context of a marvel film yeah. sure why not yeah she was very jovial about it she wasn't like ripping it you know that's the moral of that's the moral of life really there is no problem you can't fix with cg you know or photoshop yeah yeah doctored photos got a godsend done I've, Absolutely. I've I've won the Premier League like four times. It's great. I'm I'm just there in every photo. It's brilliant. Just there, just on the podium. I've got proof. I think I saw that on uh, going around on uh, Twitter. It was, yeah, it was retweeted. It's weird that I didn't see it in the live broadcast, but like very impressive nonetheless. Like, it it was must be just quite camera shy. Yes, that that's that that too camera shy, and <laughs> I think there was a power outage at the same time. Um, oh, at the exact moment that everyone was about yes. to take the photo. Wow, that's. That's weird. It was five times. God damn it. it. Utilities. (laughs) Taking our money and then not providing us good quality service. Anyway, Anyway. (laughs) shall we do a podcast? Let's do a podcast. Okay, let's do this in three, two, one. Hello Weebs, doing old, and welcome back to Gateway to the Anniverse, the podcast that aims to guide the anime novice to the weird, wide, and wonderful world of Japanese animation. My name is Sam, a self-proclaimed anime expert, and with me as always is our resident novice, Will. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast where we talk about anime. We discuss a show yeah. that Sam gives us, or something else. We've been doing a bit of random stuff recently, but it's been fun. Um, do some variety content on the, on the channel recently. We have. Quite interesting. Now, Sam is our expert, self-proclaimed, and... Or otherwise. We, we, we discuss shows. Today, Sam... We're looking at yeah. a show. Uh, uh, okay, full disclosure. You told me this no, the name of the show at the end of last week's episode. Didn't get to yep. watching it until last night. And I sat down to watch okay. it and said, fuck, what was the name of the show? Because <laughs> um, we didn't write it down anywhere. 
Uh, we didn't write it down anyway, no. And also, you didn't message me, so that can only lead me to believe that we're either going to be <laughs> talking about yeah, so the show the that we selected guys. this Sorry. week, we'll or see you next week. <laughs> we're just going to have to fill time for fifty-five minutes. Okay. Ah, oh, so. Um, well, I didn't message you. I was going to, but it was already too late your time. Like you'd have been asleep, and then by the time you'd have got the message, I'd have been asleep. So it wouldn't have. We wouldn't have been able to do it. It wouldn't have worked. So I went on a game over, man. I went on an absolute mission through googling and a list of anime shows <laughs> and scrolling right. and scrolling until I found until you found the name until I found the name, and I was I was adamant that I, this wasn't going to work because. I didn't have any. I knew it was. I knew it was English, an English title, because I was like, "Oh, I can remember right. that. That's that's easy to remember. That'll stand out." But obviously, having forgotten that, I was like, "I know. I can. I know. If I see it, I should remember it." But yeah. Right. Anyway, long story short, it was. It took me about forty-five minutes to locate it, and it was bloody hell. After it was on a list of anime. I can't even remember the website. It was a list of anime shows with the cover art, which was great because the I, that was actually how I how I recognised it because I'd Google imaged it last week when I, when I, we were deciding right we'd you could remember the key image yes I could remember the key characters oh. and the key frames so I thought I was going to have to like just Google ginger haired protagonist um, and see what came <laughs> oh my god it was any idea how little that narrows I, I it down know. Like, <laughs> I think of the, I think I could name about five and I don't know anime. Um, so anyway, I was scrolling, 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 and it was in alphabetical order. So it took me till oh. I got to T to finally find. The oh, it organised by T as well. Land. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugh, always yeah. organised by the next main word. <laughs> the Dewey Decimal System exists for a reason, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's not relevant here, but it, it but it does exist for a reason. You are correct. Um, okay, so Sam. Before we get into pulling it apart, can you give us an overview of why why someone might want to watch The Promised Neverland? We've talked about this concept uh, on the show a few times before, Will, about the idea of a shonen battle manga that isn't a shonen battle manga. It's got all the trims and trappings of uh, traditional shonen storytelling. You've got your fiery, hot-blooded protagonists and a few key friends, each with their own unique skills and uh ways of going about solving problems is is harry potter a shonen protagonist harry potter's a cop so we don't talk about it <laughs> what or <laughs> <laughs> as a cops right yeah uh, yeah they are i guess yeah no but like that definition seems to just encapsulate every childhood absolutely any kind of young adult fiction story so i punched my fan as hard as i could off screen just nice. to yeah really well, just get the point going yeah, yeah. um a lot of young adult fiction takes uh, inspiration from those kind of stories. The coming of age story, having a really so fiery it's such a broad and... category. It's not like absolutely it could okay. be okay. But in the, regards to this show, The Promised Neverland, we're looking at um, traditionally Japanese shonen jump style characters and plot beats played out over a non traditional battle format. So nobody is firing off. Um, laser beams or having special techniques that they've honed for a thousand years to become the strongest this is mind games in a vein that's very similar to that of bakuman or death note or shokugeki no soma the battles themselves are more mind games rather than physical altercations so if you're looking for a shonen with a bit of mystery with a little bit of 
I don't know what's the what's, what's the despair. I guess is another way you could describe a lot of the emotions going through this show, and a format of conflict that is different from just who can punch the best. Then maybe Promise Neverland might be a show that you want to pick up. I'll add into that also a bit of horror slash thriller elements to it as well. Yes, that's what I was looking for. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Right. Well, that does a good job of uh, enticing people in. Let's get into pulling this apart. All right. Well, Promise yes. Neverland, okay. um, a show by Cloverworks, uh, the studio. Uh, what's happening in the these name. first three episodes? Um, yeah. Yeah. Anything else it's done of, of note that we need to acknowledge? We looked at Cloverworks with uh, Spy Family last week. They oh, were wow. one of the members. Is that why we were on... talking about it? Is that why it came up? Yeah. Yeah, it was because yeah. um, we were talking about how it was with Studio and Cloverworks and Cloverworks were known for this, this right. and this. And I... oh yeah, Promised Neverland. We must have done that, yeah, but we haven't. Okay. So here we are in the thick of it. What's going on, Will? Into the nice. thick of it. Um, what, what happens in the first three well, okay, so there's a bunch of orphans that we... So that there's a lot that gets revealed. So as I started writing these, what happens in the first three, or started thinking about it, uh, that changed as the episodes went on quite rapidly. Um, there's a bunch of orphans that live in a big sort of house uh, in the middle of a field, in the middle of a forest, in the middle of an enclosure, that um, live with mum, this lady that looks after them, supposedly. Mama. And they aren't allowed through the gate. There's one gate in and out and then a fence all the way around Mm -hmm. and then a wall outside of that, which kind of negates the fence a little bit. Um, But hey, there's both. So then the first test, the first (laughs) test. Yeah. Can you get over this fence? Great. Can you get over this wall? Probably not. Not so great. Um, And they're not allowed through the gate. No one really knows why. It's just dangerous outside. And when they turn 12, this is the big thing. When they turn 12, they get adopted. I'm doing air quotes. They get sent to foster parents. Yeah, they get... They, they Isn't get, that nice, It's Will? lovely. It's so they, sweet. They leave. They go to their new family and they enjoy... They, they must be having such a nice time in the world outside because they are, keep forgetting to write. They, they have such and they a mu- nice time. They must be so happy in their new lives. Yeah. And you know from the tone of the show that this isn't going to be the case like something is happening to those children either they're being sold either they're being eaten or killed or for for some purpose but the reality is just so absurd and shocking it's like okay <laughs> sure why not so <laughs> the the it comes so out of left field right? it does it's kind of grounded it's yeah. pretty like on the level and yeah. then bang <laughs> you're thinking this is going to be some sort of like horror where there's there's just this ring of um child traffickers or something i don't know like just something which is a bit more um grounded like you say down to earth yeah mm. but this is shonen jump will but can't have that this is shonen this is shonen jump so um they don't get adopted what happens is they get sold to aliens who eat them for their brains yeah Basi- yeah. basically yeah 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 they call them demons in the show um but they oh, do yeah. have a very alien yeah. uh, design to them with the long spindly fingers and the big masks with the single eyes behind yeah. them and that's the big twist of episode one yes surprise so then your cattle yeah your, your <laughs> 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 um, what is it the world is a pen 
We are the cattle. <laughs> Whatever it is. We are the cattle. Yeah. Um, I'll kill every last <laughs> demon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if it had ended like that, Just, I would have given it 10 extra points. That would have been and on that day, the farm <laughs> received a grim reminder. So the other two episodes in this, uh, episode two and three, are basically the beginnings of um, our main cast, Emma, Norman and Ray, trying to figure out a way to escape because they decide they can't stay. They, there's, there's all different rules and stuff that we learn as we, as they go on to do with like who's going to be chosen to be sold, who's going to be chosen, um, to be next. And, you know, there's like a, a, a test that they do every now and then to sort of assess mm-hmm. their intellect because apparently the 11 plus, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is scanning barcodes. <laughs> apparently I thought they were like, they were actually just factory workers and they were just doing some scanning of barcodes to like record stuff. Which maybe they are. Who knows if there's an, another thing there. Could well be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, the first three is just, the first three is them. But what happens at the end of episode three? They basically, they're, oh, they're, the end of episode three, there's the reveal that, oh, there must be a traitor, uh, amongst the kids in the orphanage who's feeding information. Yes. Back, and yeah. Everyone's who, kind of freaking out. Who we lead, who, are, who we are led to believe is the glasses girl that sort of talks to her and is acting a bit Or shady. is it the child? Which The child? youngest who, who they the keep focusing on. Phil, the toddler who's <laughs> calling everyone for, because the juxtaposition, but I, I want to get into that scene later. We'll okay. leave that for later because it's just hilarious about the implications of who the traitor could be. Mm, okay. All right. It's nice. So yeah, we end on the, the traitor reveal. Okay. Um, so, do you want to talk a bit about the mo- the mothers? Um, we can talk about the mothers. Sure, they're creepy as hell. Like that Isabella, that character design and the way they sort of move and the intense, like close ups of their faces when it's all certain parts are in shadows, so they look like um, they look like uh, the guy saw from the saw from the saw films. With just like mm. over exaggerated cheekbones and like shadows in the wrong places, it's just creepy as hell. Did you find them to be a um, a substantial threat? I know we get the yes, they are um, terrifying. The demons, they're terrifying. Yes, <laughs> scarier than the demons. Um, kind of because they, they, they like the demons are just another species that are looking for some grub. Just a big monster, yeah, a big monster. Mm. They don't value human life, but they're like they 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 just they want to eat brains so they've like it's no different to what humans do with like expensive caviar every other animal every other animal yeah (laughs) like people will pay absurd prices for certain cuts of meat and no that's the way of the world unfortunately um Mm. but the mothers are human and yes and that's what's terrifying they have no quarrels with farming these children to be sold to the highest Mm. bidder and arguably there's a lot going on behind the scenes where they've been sort of coerced into this, but they don't seem to hold much regard for human life. Um, so, I mean, if if they've been brought bred specifically for this role, you'd still think there would be cracks in the surface, um, where like their human sort of nature comes through and it just doesn't. So, yeah, they they're pretty good antagonists. I yeah. like that they have this almost duality to them where it's they're the happy 
caring everybody loves them and then there's just like you said those moments where their faces are cast in shadow and they are just horrifying there's a moment i think maybe episode two where emma's sad about one of her friends who's been shipped off and she's (laughs) what's she called connie connie i think or was yeah is that the rabbit no i think it's and yeah and she's grieving because this is all very sudden and she's a child and then the camera just pans like just to the left and then Isabella is there <laughs> so uncomfortably close to Emma's face and I was just out of my skin. I jumped. Like genuinely, even on a rewatch, there's two moments that got jump scares out of me. Yeah. The first being in episode one and the second episode two, that moment where Isabella's right up close to her. Yeah. But, is that the bit? So that's the bit when she's already found out and she's just really down about it. And then Isabella comes over to mm-hmm. find out um, what's up. They're, they're, they're very kind of poking and prodding and trying to find out little bits of information from each other. And it's tense. It's very tense. And they're, they're almost like mechanical in the way that the, the adults move. They're, they're very sort of like mm. um, creep, creeperish. I don't know. I don't know. They, they remind me of certain villains. Uh, almost robotic like uh they're just they're just there and like don't seem to uh, yeah and like they're super quick and super like quick <laughs> they're just <laughs> they're super quick and really quick and really quick i mentioned they're quick and really strong and like the, the, the new who's the new girl that they bring in the new uh crone who joins crone, crone, when, crone. She, when she plays that game of tag and she's like just oh, and she is just everywhere all at Everywhere. Once. And like, they, they literally say, oh, this is, she's better than Norman. Like, she's quicker than Norman. Um, so, yeah, she's pretty intense as well. Um, and, oh, mm. my God, if we're going to get into it, like, when she 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 has got a, a screw loose beyond belief. Like, oh, they, yeah. They, they both do. This world is fascinating to know, like, what makes that kind of person. But the way she's just, like, expositing her pl- her evil plan dancing around her room as if no one could ever hear and the amount of times the children Absolutely. do it to be fair like the amount of times people are talking about their ev- their their plans their clandestine clandestine operations right out in the open where anyone can f- walk past is absurd like they need to have some you know decorum they need to find a quiet exactly. place Write it down. Find a quiet spot. <laughs> Don't <laughs> pass notes during the exam. Hey guys, shall we talk about Operation Escape the Farm? Okay, <laughs> let's go do that. It would be really bad if they knew that we knew that they were tracking this. Yeah. Let's find the trackers. <laughs> Damn, uh, I found you know this that- bug bite on this child. I'm going to save everybody. <laughs> Emma, you're speaking really vaguely, but also oddly specifically. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Gloria. It's probably fine. <laughs> yeah. And Gloria's just like, what are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah. You need to get help. Um, and and the fact that they find that they find out they're being tracked, and then decide to host all of their undercover meetings at the wall where no one's supposed to be, like all together in a yeah. group three. <laughs> Like, come on. Why? Like, just do it in the woods. The woods are big enough that you can find a quiet place. You don't need to meet at the wall. Um, but hey. They can just walk around as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So oh. those 
three main guys. We've got Norman, Emma, and uh, Ray, who yes. are our three kind of main protagonists. It seems. Ren. Um, what, what do you think of those guys? Uh, they're cool. Yeah, they're fun. I like the way they uh, bounce off each other. Um, so we have Emma, who is our main protagonist, really, isn't she? She's the one we sort of get a lot of point of view from in the first, uh, from from the beginning yeah. of the story. She is, um, what is she? She. They're all very smart. We find out they're all like highly academic, um, switched on. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, she's she's the meathead, but she's not because she's also getting full marks in these like ridiculously difficult test apparently yeah she learns so quickly but she's all... also she's also the most emotional of the three which is that a bit mm. is that a bit on the nose is that a bit sexist she's the girl yeah i don't know maybe but they, she's it, also it, the most athletic out of all of them as well so she, that's even true. though yes she's the most empathetic she also gets to be the most physically capable out of the that three is of them. true so that's good um anyway she she is very caring about the rest of her family, the, the, the orphans. So she decides, and her big thing is that she wants to take everyone with them. Uh, when they escape, they're going to mm. take all 37 children. All 37 kids, because that's definitely not going to prove to be a problem when some of them are, checks notes, one year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Yes, that they are snack foods to the creatures that inhabit this world. Yeah, so that is a, yeah. So Emma, Emma thinks they should take everybody, um, and they they talk. They have this whole conversation, the three of them, where Ray finally finds out what's going on, and he's like, "We can't take everyone. We're going to have to just do us three because we we need to be pragmatic here. We need to be pragmatic." And uh, again, the show evolves quite quickly with the little bits of information. Um, Originally, one of my questions was when I found out all of this and saw the wall, I was like, but what are the implications for the world outside? Like, if this is a farm for other creatures, then surely there are loads of other creatures out there. Like, it's a whole industry. So is this just like, are there any humans out there? Or is it just, is it just demons? Or is it, it you know, it's, it's, you have to start asking these questions. And they do it brilliantly in here where Ray comes to that conclusion yeah. and poses it to norman he's like you must have realized this that that it's a demon world out there like there's no no humans and that is harrowing like i don't know why but that really sort of freaked me out because i was like oh man yeah. like they it's not just an escape it's like what are they escaping to like out out of the frying pan into the fire right it's, yeah and they're in a safe place and yes it's terrible that they're going to go and get eaten when yeah. they turn 12 but if they go into the outside world will there be any humanity will there be anything that they can even eat or anything that they can drink like yeah what does their survival look like beyond the safety that they've always known have you have you seen the because i how many seasons are there are there two seasons of this now there's two seasons have and you the seen manga them both has finished now oh have you yeah. seen them yeah okay um yeah, so it must be quite hard for you because I bet there's so much more to this story than I have seen in these first three. Um, how, without spoil, oh no, because it is kind of spoilers. And if I want to watch this, I don't want to. No, I was going to ask how long. I'm mm-hmm. assuming, I, I'm 99% sure they'll get out eventually because otherwise the story would just stop. So 
I was going to ask how long does it take? Like, is it a whole season? Is it two seasons? Is oh, it to break it out to five? Is it five episodes? Yeah, like, yeah. but don't tell me because that does it that, do. Does it do a prison break where at season five it circles back around and they're yeah, back, they're in, back, the they're back in the prison again? I would not surprise. And then season six, society was the prison all along. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you what. Another parallel that I was sort of thinking about was Maze Runner, and that is literally what happens mm. in Maze Runner, or like. um even the Hunger Games, to a certain extent, where they just get thrown back, they keep getting thrown back into the Hunger Games. We, we like this thing. Okay, we'll just forget. keep doing that. Um, so, uh, as much as I'll say, and non-spoilery, once they do escape the uh, the farms, uh, they do move away from that, and it is like it is the story evolves from that yeah. point onwards. It doesn't pull a cheap thing by trying to bring it back. And yeah. Oh no, they've been captured. Yeah, and now they put more guards mm-hmm. in there, and there's a bigger wall. Um, and yeah. there's 15 mothers yeah um do they because um ray mentions killing the mothers she he insinuates they need to kill the mothers yeah whilst he's washing the dishes yeah. he's like hey maybe we should uh you know forker yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um and then crony is right there just be yeah. like hey, hey. <laughs> heard you were chatting shit <laughs> <laughs> do you want to carry on with that or do you want to cut the fuck up? Um, <laughs> Crona yeah. 100% is just like, she is, she arrives and she is so on top of everything, like from the word go. It's just like, okay, it's one of the older ones. So I'm going to make it my mission to just hunt down and listen to all of what they're saying at all times. Yeah. All in the terrifying. way, all in the um, aim of fra- uh, like uh, grassing up Isabella and taking her position as mm. mum. Um, I liked that. I liked the politicking of Crone coming in, and yes, after the first episode, every interaction almost feels like a kind of a mini fight because it's everybody's pushing to try and test the other person. Isabella's handing over documents, memorize these right now, and yeah. then do not leave the room with them. If yeah. you fail, then you're out. You're my assistant. Crone's also kind of going, oh, we should talk to HQ, and why aren't we doing that? Why are we not following protocol? Emma is putting on a brave smile and hugging the person who she knows is selling them as meat products. It's yeah. this constant God, she does a good job there. tension building. Oh, so, and then, and to bring it all back in and make it even better, after she has that scene with Isabella, she's just put on the bravest face, smiled, pretending she's regular Emma. She gets to the bottom of the stairs and she collapses yeah, because the adrenaline has just shut off. Yeah. And that is so good. And I have uh, to say, the direction, yeah. I was just going to say the final touch to that moment is Norman, who has been cool as anything, his hands shaking, shake, and she has to take his hand to, to study it. Sure. And it's like, oh, great, yeah. It makes it feel so, so much good. real. It, ma- it, it makes the, even the villains. The, it doesn't make them human, really, because I still think they're a little bit too intense and ghoulish and robotic. So they're, they're always portrayed as this sort of like horrible thing but to see that there's politics within that system and to see that that mm. it's clearly bigger and there's there's things going on that are way out of the children's perspective um it yeah. is, is there's like another it, level yeah yeah it just makes it feel ever it just makes it feel more real and uh yeah it's impressive um yeah the direction you were gonna say yeah i think in these first three episodes there are so many moments that they didn't need to do but help to build the atmosphere and and again that feeling of tension throughout the whole thing Mm. um also 
assisted, of course, by some really good character animation because when you don't have to animate Luffy firing off a giant fist into your opponent or Goku firing a Kamehameha that's 10 times bigger and sparklier than ever before, (laughs) you can put all of those resources into facial animations and setting the tone. Mm. And there's a lot of moments that really stood out to me. There's a moment where Emma wakes from a nightmare and in the nightmare, this demon's come out of the shadows and and there's this beautiful light play on the demon as it emerges. And then she wakes up in a cold sweat. And instead of just sticking on her, the camera is attached to the clock in the room and the pendulum of the clock. So the camera is swinging, but Emma is still in frame. There's a moment we said how the kids are talking about their plans too much out in the open. And to add to the idea of there are ears and eyes everywhere, the camera is situated in the bushes and you see the leaves and the foliage. It's like somebody's watching them even whilst they're planning this really dangerous thing. Yeah, yeah they do that so a lot. Much... There's, there's plenty of moments where yeah. you think, think oh, that there, there's someone listening. There's someone watching. Um, and you're not quite sure whether, because they don't linger on it and they don't reveal who, who it is. Um, yeah, nobody burst out of the bush. It's just like... A lot of the angles could be are... being overheard. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what um, is... They, they, so that is clearly a deliberate choice to give that feeling of being watched. And I think that's why earlier it was such a big thing for us to sort of say, like, um, they, they need to be more secretive. They need to do it in different places. But that's because that's what they wanted us to think. That's what the direction mm. has sort of aimed for. It's like, yeah, we want you to feel like they're always at risk. They're always, it always could, they always could be caught. And like, in reality, these these conversations would be going on and there there isn't a safe place like even if they were walking across the field mm. or like in the woods you'd still feel potentially like they could be overheard there isn't there isn't in, in in the real world you can't have ears and eyes everywhere you can't like have um you can't know what who's in the next room or like who's just coming down the corridor they haven't got a marauder's map from harry potter where you can just see everyone and like avoid them just it, yeah. Unless you're Isabella. <laughs> Unless you're Isabella. Yeah. 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 I want to see what say who there. who it is. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, like you're absolutely right. That that feeling of paranoia, like Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like if you're talking about something secret, even I don't know, planning somebody's birthday party and they're like a coworker and you're talking about it in in hushed tones, you still kind of get that feeling inside of, oh well, what if they walk around the corner now? Or what if somebody else hears? And I think that the anime does a really good job of bringing that tension in but ratcheting it up with the choices that the uh the directors made and again uh, just the animation like when um emma and norman first see the demons okay okay right insane moment i was gonna i was just gonna say let's talk about that first that, that that first episode when they find when they go to the gate for the first time and talk through that whole thing to return the rabbit to return the rabbit so what did you say her name was? Carrie? Or Connie. Connie. Connie has been taken. She's a six-year-old. Doesn't do well on tests. And we yep. find out that, you know, if you're no good on the tests, then your brain's not going to be that juicy. They're going to be mediocre. So you get sold. It's not very tasty. Younger. The, the, the better you are at tests, the longer you survive up until the age of 12. And then you get shipped off regardless. Um, because you are the prime cut. Yeah. Yeah. You are that Great. Kobe beef. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kobe beef. Um, so then Connie gets taken. She just gets walked to the gate and everyone's like, bye, Connie. Yep, it's all fine. And we find the rabbit 
and they rush the rabbit after them you know when it's dark to sort of like oh no they, they, i don't think they've left yet let's go give it back to her she needs the rabbit she loves the rabbit it's her rabbit and then when they get to the gate there's this whole 3d animated weird perspective from like the ground up looking at the wall as they're walking by and the frame rate slows down it, or it, it, it slows down a lot as far as mm. i can tell and it makes it this really sort of almost like um a cut scene in a video game and it, it just it, it feel i was really surprised that they went with that like it is it is eerie and it's intense mm. but it's kind also a bit ja- otherness yeah but it's also a bit jarring and i was a bit like what is going on here yeah i guess once i guess that is kind of the point uh, they get they build and they build and they reveal in the back of the van, Connie, like m- dead, absolutely dead. <laughs> like just, she's got a flower coming out of her. dead. Yeah. She's got a flower coming out of her. There is no more blood left in her, uh, in her face. Um, she is looking very, very blue. Oh, and she looked, uh, it looked ghoulish. like a doll to be fair, to start with. I was like, is that, a, mm. is that a doll figure? Um, but yeah, so I hope that is a corpse. <laughs> that is a six-year-old corpse. Lovely. Um, so there is a dead girl in the back of the van, and they do a great job of the children's reactions. I think. I think there's that little, Absolutely. the little stumble with the leg as she sort of like takes a step back, and then she goes backwards. A bit weak. And then Norman, kind of knowing that this is going to be something horrific, hesitating before he walks up to the truck. I and- I was shouting. I was like, just come on. Hurry the fuck up. <laughs> like, just go look. I want to see what it is. They took go, so long. Go they see what's traumatized your friend. <laughs> they took liberties with drawing that out though. I was like, come on. This is a 23 minute show. We have not got time for a minute's worth of <laughs> just lingering. Come on, go look. Uh, and yet they do yeah. all the time forever. Yeah. But then they have to hide under the truck because here comes these voices and they're speaking the same language. And then lo and behold, it's these horrific demonic creatures. And I think yeah. the animation on Emma and Norman as they both grip their faces and they're like, you can see them recoiling and like tears are starting to well. And they're kind of like, I don't know, it almost looks like they're like gipping, like they're almost about to vomit as they yeah, try yeah. just hold as much as they can back. And it is done so well, so well. Mm, it just crazy. really sells what they're feeling. Yeah, yeah. That... Only for Emma to then get into the middle of the field and then scream to the heavens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, you you guys have stopped far too soon. Keep going, keep going, get back to that house. <laughs> keep going. Your heart, you're nearly there. <laughs> yeah. Um. But again, that scene as well, when they do break down and you see that emotion and you see them sort of, Emma just trying to come to terms with what this means. And it's like, they're out there. Again, it's beautiful. It's not done gradually. It's not done in a, in a nice safe space. Their whole reality has just blown up and they are like 11 year olds. And it is insane to think they do such a good job of portraying that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great scene because again, they've got the convulsion. They've got like both of them are just like having this moment of surrealism. Like I'm surprised they even believe it to a certain extent. They're, they're, yeah. Like there must be so many incidences where I say so many, like in these sorts of situations where people just are in denial. They they can't believe what mm. they've seen. I they couldn't have seen that. I, yeah, 
there must be some explanation. Like, that's our that's our mama. Like she's she's raised us. She's looked after us. She plays tag with us. She feeds us. Like she's kind. She's loving. She looked after me when I was sick. How could she possibly be selling our siblings into the meat industry? Well, I think like, I think the bigger the bigger shock is the existence of demons that are eating children. Also to be true. honest, <laughs> <laughs> you're just so used to anime. It's you're like no, no, I wrong. can believe that bit. I can believe that bit, but the betrayal, but the, the but betrayal the of being a, a bad guy. <laughs> anime mothers are either dead or they're evil. There is no in between. <laughs> this is what I'm learning today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God damn. But yeah, that then leads into another one of my favorite scenes out of the, uh, the episodes. And again, stellar directing choice and stellar use of the music and choice of when to cut the music. Um, when they cut back Emma to Emma wants to save everybody. Yes. Because <laughs> God so damn. Good. Oh, uh, they're like, Emma's like, oh, we can save everyone. And Norman initially against it has kind of come on side and the music's swelling and it's like yeah yeah come on guys maybe we can we do can, this there's co- there's copium it. here <laughs> there's hope we can do it we can save everybody and then the music just hard cuts and yeah. it is just this horror chord as isabella is looking yeah. down her entire face in shadow over the teddy bear and you're like oh they oh. fucked up <laughs> oh they screwed up oh no oh they've made such a face of leather oh god <laughs> And from that point onwards, she knows there's a kid in the house that knows about the existence of demons. She figures out that it's probably one of the older guys. And the older guys are desperately scrambling to try and throw her off the scent as much as possible or to just distract or misdirect her. Like, when they call, when, when Isabella calls them out, like, at the top of the stairs, she's like, hey, guys, did you go to the gate the other night? By the way... <laughs> Were you at the gate? And it's just that moment where they both freeze, and then it's Norman's yeah. the first one to turn around with <laughs> almost like a cre- creepy, there? creepy doll. Because like you see the transition of him like being really serious, and then it just turns around. What? No, we know we're not allowed there. We, why no. would we go there? Nah. Um, and and um, you know, it takes a bit longer to kind of get back into. Yeah, but she she she, like, she doesn't even face back. She just carries on facing forward. It's just the back of her head. Yeah, of course. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And then they play Tig a lot. Yeah, they play a lot of tag. Um, and I I like it. I like that they're going, okay, how can we train this uh, I like the throwback. kids to escape? I was like, the first episode, that was, that was a long, a long bit of the episode where they just played tag. Um, but then yep. bringing it back for the training is nice because it's, hey, there is some importance to this bit we did earlier. You remember when we were playing this game? Ha <laughs> ha. This is training, bitch. <laughs> now um, do it better. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's clever. Kind of your training arc. I am so curious as to where it goes. I think that's that's one of the big things. It's interesting that they do the reveal so close in the episode in episode one. Like they basically, the, there's no mystery yeah. f- now until they escape. Um, do you know what I mean? Like now, it's how they could have yeah, sort of now, been... from now on. It's the cat and mouse game, really, isn't it? It's how they're going to outmaneuver. Yeah, uh, Sister Crone and Mama. Yeah, it's. We know that there are these malevolent forces outside of the farm. We don't know anything about them. So the air of mystery is still there for the demons. We know what a human person can do to children. So that's the the most immediate threat. But it's always lingering. Like, okay, so we escaped. Oh, yeah. There's these eight foot tall skeleton men who are waiting to eat our brains. Like, how are we going to deal with that part? Yeah. Um 
God, it's it, 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 I can't see the way the way that they've just killed off one of the cutest characters in the show. I can't see all immediately. Th- I can't see thirty seven kids getting out of there alive. I'm afraid it just it just doesn't seem plausible. They are going to kill off a whole bunch of kids. It's going to be carnage. Uh, prediction of the week: How many yeah. kids get out? Oh my god! Okay, my prediction is ten. <laughs> ten get out because um, oh my god well maybe more maybe more but it's just like is it's it's practicality when you're writing a story if you've then got to carry 37 kids through drawing and animating individuals who are going to have giving them giving distinct personality exactly that's a hell of hell a lot so we we need to potentially trim that down pretty quickly trim the fat <laughs> trim the fat yes oh no yeah well i'll tell you what at at the very least the demons will appreciate trimming the fat because they'll just get stuck in your teeth yeah Yeah. stuck in your teeth you don't want you don't want a fatty brain you want a smooth brain the um the the episode numbers are they dates or do we not need to know that they're references they're references to the tattoos that the kids have on their necks yeah so okay. it's their um but i when i was looking at i don't I, I that's that that confuses me though because i thought the digits on the neck i thought emma's was six three one nine four which was like a five digit number in no particular order i don't know if that's true i i jotted it down really early in the episodes are you googling it i am indeed okay. googling it and cool. <laughs> um, but episode one was 12, 10, 40. 6, 3, 1, 9, 4. Yeah, got it. Um, so that's a five-digit number. Episode one was 12, 10, 45, which is a six-digit number and could be the 12th of the 10th, 45. Episode three was... I missed episode two, but episode three was 18, 10, 45. So only six... Num- like, basically six days on if it's a calendar date. So it logically made sense that it was in the year 45, 10th month, and then that that was what six you've days just done is you've just blown my mind. What is what you've just done there? Well, you <laughs> oh. you've just absolutely exploded <laughs> my brain because that would make that time frame would be about six days, and that would make sense. And it would also tell oh. me that it's the year forty five and not the year twenty twenty, which is what they thought it was. I think I might be an idiot. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I just don't pay enough attention to what the title... I, I was convinced that it was the neck tattoos. Yeah. But no, you are... Okay, mild spoiler. Yeah. So it is in the year 2045. Oh, come on! That these are the dates. Absolutely. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Okay, cool. Because um, they talk about the year 2015 and that sort of said that told me and that the tech that's available there they think it's fairly modern day it might i don't know i don't know if they actually reference what year they think it is now but they were talking uh, about the i te- think they think it's it's 15 or 20 like the cat they have a calendar yeah okay yeah well, there you go oh, I'm, I'm well proud of myself um good effort I feel like a dumbass now. I've I watched the first season and read the manga <laughs> without clocking that absolutely whatsoever. I'm just like, it's just, just a string of numbers. Just a string of numbers. It's just, it's just can't numbers. be important. It's just no. numbers. doesn't mean anything. No. Uh. <laughs> ah, cool. Nice. Um, oh, cool. Does that mean there's going to be like a whole thing where 
we get a whole backstory as to what happened in those in that 20 year gap where like this was humanity then and that's what their house is modeled on and then like they're 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 sort of frozen in time and then it's like oh in the outside world this is what this, this is what actually happened the demons came and they took over and they kept these small places to farm Oh my god! I'm just solving everything. I'm just cracking the code. Oh no! Breaking tell. the matrix. <laughs> uh, He's still it, folks. He's picking out the promise never mind. Uh, I was. Um, do you have Will mm. any odds and ends before we talk about OPED and then get into our questions? Is there anything that we've missed uh, whilst talking about this show? No, I don't think so. I think I think we've done a pretty good job of summing everything up. Let's get into the OP because uh, that's. Mm. Yeah. What, what do we think of the OP, Sam? No, 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 no. Oh my God. How oh. dare it? How dare you come in here with a saxophone infused, oh. rap centered, bass droppy bop that has the audacity to also be really well animated with oh. the music? Oh, it's good, isn't it? It's it, great. It's, uh, it, it's, it, you know, you know what this, this music is? It's epic. That's what it, that's what it tells me. Epic. It's epic. It's just, it's got that anthemness to it. It's like, this is absolutely, an absolute bop. It's the, it's the saxophone. It's the acoustic guitar running through this like ballad. Like what? That's, that's when, bold. Like- when it co- like it comes in and then when the saxophone kicks it's yeah. just like oh oh this is what we're going with okay i'm here oh you're Saxophone. doing some nananas <laughs> yeah oh, love a nanana yeah like we've got some 90s boy band in the background doing their nananas <laughs> it's great mcr could never <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah like we build up we introduce uh ourselves to emma and norman and ray oh, and each the one of them. opening scene with the sunlight it's... and the the glow Whoa. it's beautiful Gorgeous. and then each individual vignette of the characters you get them you get their personality you get like three little uh, clips of them and Emma's jumping around she's smiling she's happy Norman is more confident holding himself and Ray's kind of this aloof mysterious mm. person holding the book and you get immediately what they're about and then the drop the whole theme of like the OP you've got this red string of fate which is like big in Japanese culture wrapping around these characters and it burns up whilst this <laughs> voice is growling fire and then the drop hits the kids are parkouring through the woods. Yeah. They punch through the puzzle pieces. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, damn. Give me it's some great. time to like get ready for that. Yeah. It's just so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's pretty delectable, I've got to say. I am. Um... I, I enjoyed, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the cool dynamic shots of all the characters doing their thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a solid OP. With a banging soundtrack. Absolutely. Um, and even coming into the ending few shots where they're against like a prison lineup. Right. First episode, you don't think anything of it. You think, oh, it's just an anime opening. Here's the cast. And then <laughs> ooh, maybe they're measuring them because. Oh. Uh, are... mm. Nice. Okay. What do you give it? A perfect test score out of 10. Oh, a perfect test score. I love it. It's just so good. Yeah. How about you? 
I give it a um I give it a successful transition to a foster family out of ten. Oh, that's really wholesome. Yeah. I know, right? I kinda wanted to I kinda want to change my <laughs> 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 all right i give it i give it a i give it a perfect test score 12 year old's brain out of 10 nice yes yeah a perfectly weighted 12 year old's brain yeah yummy my favorite let's move on to the ed before that gets any weirder um okay <laughs> what did you think of the ed okay so there's a lot to be desired with the visuals um yeah it's simple i like that you never see the eyes though I think that's quite yes, nice that, that was that was good. That was freaky. Um, yeah, I genuinely like the music. I think it's fitting. I think it's quite mm. creepy at times. Um, it's yeah. got these jazzy pianos in the background, which are nice. Um, it's not overpowering. It's definitely in the shadow of the OP, but it's got this ominous sort of tone to it. The singing is a bit more, yeah, eerie and. It's, it's mm, sort of, a kind of wispy voice. Yeah, it's a, it's in keeping with the tone of the show, especially when you sort of have an episode and you sort of need, you, you realise what you're in. <laughs> um, yeah, because the OP does yeah. a good job of disguising what you're actually going into. And then it's, yeah, it's fiery and hot blooded. And you're like, yeah, we're going to go do all this stuff. And then it's, oh God, they're breaking psychologically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whereas yeah. the ED is just like, yeah, here's the fallout of their trauma. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like uh, what Attack on Titan tries to do, isn't it? Where they've got like the big bombastic OP and then some more solemn EDs and stuff. Um, I'd I'd say that the ED works especially well in episode one because you just, you're going right off that reveal of uh, the demons and the the child food trafficking industry that exists. And seeing the daily life of the kids and the eyes aren't being shown it's almost like oh look we're trying to dehumanize them they're just bits of meat they're like everything takes on this much bleaker tone because we now know that even though they've got the cute little outfits and they're getting to play outside and they're getting fed like what's that all leading to and the eerie vocals mixed with the piano builds to this very unnerving um feeling yeah. from the ed absolutely mm. ah cool um should we leave it there and have you got any odds and ends or should we get into the big questions um not really just that it's refreshing you know to see a showdown like this and i hope that uh now that the big wave of okay battle shonen are starting to end i've got yeah. one little odd and end <laughs> there's not an expression um the <laughs> very, the very, the very open, and I've also got something to say. Um, that there, there's at the very beginning of the show, at the beginning of episode one, mm-hmm. there's quite a nice shot where they're looking through into the the gate. The three of them are looking through into the gate. It's before the op. It's before anything, I think. And yeah, when they're the, kids. When they're kids, and they're sort of saying. You know, we should never go in there. We should never go there. Um, we're not allowed in there. What's out there? Oh, and they, they, they describe it as the outside. And I think mm. for someone who has no context, as I did going into that very first scene, I was like, 
Are you fucking idiots? You are outside. That's inside. It's fucking... You're, that's the that's the brick wall. You're, the, do you not understand inside? You're in the bloody woods. <laughs> How are you not <laughs> outside? <laughs> and I think it's just a very subtle thing that like gets you questioning right from the beginning. It's like, okay, this is this is not not everything something's is as it's off. yeah. Something's off, and I thought it's just a nice way. And I think they do end up saying something like, um, I think they very quickly sort of elaborate on like what the issue is, how it how how that is the outside. Um, but it was just a nice way to mm. introduce that and it was good. Yeah. And again, kudos to, to uh, the directorial choices throughout. It's just really well shot. It really gets that tension building and it's, I felt the episodes went by very quickly, even though not a lot happens. My notes for this are quite anemic. Yeah, same. Not a lot happens yeah. within, but also so much happens at the same time, just in terms of, setting the scene and setting the tone well, that's it, isn't and it? getting the viewer into the emotions yeah it's very small steps mm. um gathering information mainly um and for the for the watch for the audience as well as the characters it's like we're just pulling at these strings and it's a really nice balance it's a bit like um death note in that regard there's so much going on mm. like behind the scene uh, not behind the scenes there's so much going on mentally and like uh, the these sort of trying to uncover bits of information here and there that on screen there isn't that much that actually goes on sometimes um yeah yeah like you could break down the first three episodes to um happy life find out there's demons try and find out about mom new sister arrives play a game of tag that's like trying to escape. there might be a traitor <laughs> yeah looking trying like to escape. That, like that's it yeah you, yeah but then within that it's all character writing and it's all about I'm picking the motivations and finding out more about the world and the world building. Okay. And it's so a really it, good job balancing that. Very quickly, let's do the transition because this sounds very much like question one that we need to answer. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about the big three questions then. Quickly, let's go. Quick. Crone's behind you. Run, Will. <laughs> Run. She's going to tag you. Get out of here. No. Uh, yeah, very good, very good. Have you ever thought about going into voice acting? I have considered it, but also at the same time, who wants like a weird British person to be voicing their anime characters? Yeah, yeah I mean, there's enough of those. Uh, not probably not uh, no. voicing anime <laughs> characters, but there's a, there's enough weird British people. There's enough weird British people <laughs> in, in, in the zeitgeist. Just they're everywhere. Um, <laughs> just in general. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, so we're hearing the big three questions. Will we're going to ask uh, three questions of the Promised Neverland? We're going to ask about concepts and execution. Do we think that the idea behind the show is good, and is it executed in a way that is entertaining to a new viewer? We're going to ask about turnoffs. Anything that would turn away a brand spanking new member of the world of anime and compelability and whether we want to keep watching and find out more about this world about the show and in that vein i'm going to ask you concept and execution what's going on here and <laughs> what's going on here <laughs> i think we've just discussed well, that Sam. you want me to retell the whole thing okay so there's three the entire podcast from the beginning let's go <laughs> what's the concept and how is it conveyed to the audience okay so the concept is mystery children child uh exploitation um trafficking for food uh tasty dinners demons there you go i can't find fault with it 
but I'm not happy about that. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. So, but so, I can't find fault with it. <laughs> so, yeah, the the cons. Yeah, I, this is a tricky one to define. You you did a good job of it earlier, and I can't really do much better. It's um, it, it is a mystery to a certain extent. But like cat and mouse, you said it was cat and mouse. It's this cat and mouse battle between the children and the adults slash demons as they try to outwit each other in a game of chess to decide whether the children can live in this can be not eaten <laughs> be not eaten in this world where demons <laughs> eat children and hu- humans farm them for the demons um mm. it's a bit sci-fi it, it, in a very loose sense just because of the demons is, is that sci-fi that's only because I'm thinking they're aliens. They're not really aliens, the demons. So it's not really sci-fi. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. What genre would you say it is? Like horror? It is. It's basically a horror, isn't it? I yeah. I guess it, it steeps itself mostly in horror tropes because you've got the jump if, scares. You've um, got the, the the weird sort of like they're all trapped in a house and they've got to find a way to escape. Children mm-hmm. are being eaten. There's ethereal monsters trying to get at these kids and they are definitely I think, on the on, like in the dark for a lot of what's going on and it's about like and that, mm. that's part of the the sinisterness of the show um yeah i think you could definitely classify this as like psychological horror slash full-on horror yeah for this part of the uh of the show i nothing else really fits you could argue fantasy but also so much of this is grounded in, oh yeah, I could recognize that kind of Victorian house and a yeah. field. The only thing, the only thing that seems remarkably out of place are the demons and the tracking device. That's the only things that kind of give away anything techie. Mm. Everything else seems very humble, very bare bones. Even the equipment they're using for the barcode readers, there's, it's big bulky headphones with chunky wires and there's wired barcode readers doing the test scores like that's the most advanced stuff that we see yeah it definitely creates a really interesting aesthetic for the world yeah yeah okay Mm. all right so that's the concept i think everything we've said has been really positive so i don't think we can argue that it wasn't executed well the the way they brilliant direction music animation all delivered to the highest degree i feel yeah yeah there was no mo- the highest degree there was no moment when i but, thought this is this is bad apart i mean i did, did i did say it felt a bit janky when they first went into the mm. and but and but that is arguably to its benefit um when they first go into the 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 gate and they sort of the yeah. angle shifts and it becomes a bit weird and a bit slowed down um and potentially the first game of tag was a little bit long um but it got a good way of sort of like getting to know the characters there's there's a lot of exposition in the things that they say sometimes um just but you know that's anime you know you, you you're trying to get this information you've got into to people, into people so yeah i think that's always a criticism of general anime especially modern anime yeah, because you haven't got months to sort of invest in getting to know these things unless you're black clover at which point you're like here's the magic here's what we're doing let's go boys <laughs> no my point is that i feel like that's what every show does in the, in the modern era because 
they don't they want to get people oh, hooked right. they want to get people hooked early uh they they don't want to like keep stuff take the slow burn and yeah hold back from the audience yeah yeah i get you um mm. okay so let's move on to turnoffs is there anything that you think people would go you know what i just can't get on board with that that ain't cool man maybe the murder of children who knows well that's what i was gonna say <laughs> because I've, I've had a few friends who have tried to watch this show and have gotten to that scene with connie um in the in the first episode and have gone i can't do it ah especially pussies <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> especially friends of mine who like have had kids or like their work involves children they find it a bit too like dude i'm numb to it like you can kill anybody on screen at this oh, yeah. point and i'm just like yeah i've probably seen worse <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah yeah but i think for somebody who's completely fresh coming in that's going to be a massive shock at the end of the first episode to be like oh they're willing to kill a six-year-old child oh and that child is about to go get eaten mm. holy crap yeah it's so crazy think- how much they mutilate the body considering they want to preserve and eat the brains it it, it might have just been the angle but yeah, she, she was she, quite she looked pretty contorted, wasn't and just she? sort of thrown in the back of a lorry until they brought this like preservation jar out it's like well dude i think the damage is done you've like maybe maybe start with yeah, that. start with that yeah now have that ready um yeah yeah i yeah. think i think that's going to be the biggest turn off i feel everything else i think lends itself to being a very compelling story but if you can't get over the idea that this is a world where children are literally farmed to be eaten if that goes if yeah that, that is the gives you the ick that's the premise that's of the show so yeah you kind of need that you can't really watch it without that um the only other thing mm. i would say is the the way the show starts it's that shift from being quite a grounded show to Okay, into the hype, like there's the demons. Fantasy. Whoa, yeah. there's demons here. And potentially, yeah. if if you in, if you're enjoying it, like okay, right, there's a bit of mystery here. What's what's going to happen? And then you find out that it's like, ah, oh, well, fuck it, anything can be possible. And it's like, oh, anything could happen. Yeah. Oh, when the, are they but, getting the superpowers? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By all means, there could be they could find something that gives them superpowers, and uh, you'd sort of have to buy it now that there's demons involved. Mm. Um, so yeah, potentially people would be opposed to that um and I, I must admit i was a bit disappointed that, that it didn't wasn't a bit more traditional um when i first found out that really yeah um i was you just wanted like emma to have a demon arm and just like start like ripping through people no 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 the other way i was disappointed when i found the demons oh. because I, I was hoping it would be more grounded and be a bit more sort of like battle of the minds right, right. which it is still doing very well but i just mm. I worry where it will go with this, the sort of supernatural stuff. Um, I think it does a very good job of with the demons being introduced. Again, it's like they're a background threat at the moment. And so we can really hyper focus on this battle between human minds. Exactly. Yeah. True. And hopefully to trust the, the showrunners enough to be able to kind of keep that energy going through once they leave or once they escape, like, Let's see how it goes. But on to the third question. Mm-hmm. Compelability. Do you want to watch more? Do you want to seek out more of this show and find out what happens with Emma and co? Yes, absolutely. I think um, this show does more Same. than enough to, uh, to to hook a re- hook a viewer in. It's um, it's just so beautifully shot. It's so 
it's so different to a lot of things we've watched. There's not, I can't really, like we've tried to draw comparisons between certain things today, but there isn't anything. It's that, difficult, right? That, yeah. There's it's, n- there's, it's really unique in that aspect of, okay, so this is its own thing. It's not Dragon Ball Z. It's not Naruto. It's not. I'll Death tell you Low. what, it's it not, is very Maze runner in 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 a sense that they are trying to escape they don't know what's out there and for all intents and purposes it's going to be it's not a world anime. i don't know what it is yeah but in, in maze runner <laughs> there's that whole sense that when they escape it's a completely different world to what they expected because it's like desolate and- i think i have actually watched the first uh two maze runner films yeah. it's like they they leave the maze and it's like surprise the world's fucked yeah yeah and you now have to survive the world right yeah that the, they would they were there mm-hmm. they were put in there deliberately to try and find a cure for this zombified nation which has happened in the outside world and they were trying to trigger like specific genes that were found in certain in in like 0.001% of the population or whatever and mm-hmm. the only way to do that was to like instill fear or something into them so they put them into to like put them into high st- yeah high stress yeah so okay um okay yeah it's it's a bit weird but anyway so similar sort of vibe in the sense that they're all trying to escape they don't know what's out there um but they realize that they need to get out because they're just going to end up wasting away and dying there anyway so <laughs> dead um, yeah. Cool. So, final question then, Will. Do you think that this does enough to get into the universe? Could we show this to a novice? You know... Even with that big caveat in the middle. Yeah, there's a bit... The, the, there is a bit of me that thinks potentially people would find this hard to get on board with, but it's just does such a good job. I want to put it in. So, yeah, absolutely. It's got to go in the universe because it's... It's grounded enough, to be fair, in a lot of ways. You know, we've got real characters, real children with great personalities that you can get on board with. The main villain at the minute is the mum and stuff. So that's sort of relatable. The world inside of the camp is very relatable. There's not a lot, apart from the demons, which you can sort of ignore for these first three episodes. There's not, yeah. there's not enough otherworldly stuff that would throw people out too much so yeah i think it does enough to get in the universe do you agree hmm. <laughs> yeah i'll agree i will caveat it by saying obviously there is that quite traumatic thing that happens at the end of episode one but like you said the direction the music everything else really builds to this being a show that can stand by itself and uh tell a really interesting mystery story and the cat and mouse like aspect watching these kids try to thrive within such an oppressive environment is really kind of inspiring and kind of pumps the blood a bit. Yeah. I will say, Um, yeah, I, I will say they've done a good job (laughs) of explaining child genius to uh, the audience. (laughs) Cause it's like, okay, they are expositing a hell of a lot of stuff here that they shouldn't know as 11 year olds, but okay. They're the smartest ones. They took all those tests. They took all those tests. They're (laughs) the smartest ones they've had in a millennia. Um, so yeah, to be fair, I do think that they do a good job of the, uh, like the, the deductive reasoning. Yeah. They're looking for like, okay, so how can we be tracked? Oh, it must be something in our bodies. Oh, well, there must've been something put in when we got here. Oh, what do they want oh it can't be physical ability because they're taking young ones oh it must be the brain there we go like, <laughs> you see their thought process throughout yeah i think they do a good job of that but yeah i think it's a good show i think people could uh should check it out and it's got a banger op so why not exactly 
All right, cool. Well, well done to The Promised Neverland, uh, something we thought we'd covered, but we hadn't. And uh, finally, we get there. It's <laughs> it's a it's a good show. It's very interesting. I recommend everyone go give it a watch if you haven't already. Um, let us know what you think about The Promised Neverland, whether you think it deserves a place in the universe. Um, let us know which scene is the scariest. Because... Ooh. I would argue there's Good. a few up for debate. There's the, you mentioned a few jump scares. There's the scene at the yeah. in the gate. There's oh, there's so there's so much going on in this show. Um, and which mom is the scariest as well? Because they've both got their own. Crone or Isabella? Yeah, that's a good. Well, crone. I know who I, I. My vote is going to Isabella. Is it okay? Crone's Cro- unhinged, but Isabella is methodical. Yeah, Crone. Crone sort of lays it all out on the table and is potentially um, more deadly in the instance, but you can almost predict what she's going to do, whereas Isabella, mm. whoo, who knows? It's like she, she's playing 5D chess here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah, we're going to jump into Slice of Life where we just have a quick catch up about other things we've been doing outside of the podcast. Um, and if you're sticking around for that, great. Welcome. We'd love to have you here. But uh, if you're not, if you're leaving, join us. If you're leaving us now, um, we'll see you next week. And take care. Uh, we'll see you next week in the universe. See you later, guys. I'm really sorry for season two. Oh no! Ding 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 just kind of chat about what we've been up to this week. Uh, Will, what have you been up to? Anything major? Um, what have I been up to? <laughs> uh, no, not really. I have binge watched the entire season four of Cobra Kai. The Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Ooh, good. Oh, it's so. Are they still karate they kidding are it up? Still karate kidding it up. It is the biggest load of tie I've ever seen, and I love it. It's so good. Um, like. You can, you can, we could have written it. It is the most predictable <laughs> really. shit in the world. <laughs> right. So first, first series, LaRusso and um, Cobra Kai go at it. Uh, what's his name? Johnny. Johnny. Fuck, what's his name? These are, this is the original guy from yeah. Karate Kid and the rival, right? Yeah. The original adversary and the, and the original Karate Kid. Uh, they go at it and they all, they don't like each other. They both want to set up a karate dojo in the town and blah, 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 blah. Season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and then it all, it all goes, the, the kids get involved and it all kicks off. Season two. Oh, um, it gets personal. They, th- then the old coach of the bad guy comes back in, Crease. So now. <gasps> The two Crease. now they have to team up against Crease. Yeah, now they both hate Crease, so now they both have to team up. And season three comes in, and oh no, the bigger baddie guy comes in. Crease's old teammate, Not the bigger and, baddie guy, a teammate, no. <laughs> and Crease and him team up. So then Johnny and uh, Johnny and Larusso have to team up 
against two of them and it's a 2v2 and then season four comes oh up God. and crease is and then it's even more personal and then crease and then the guy betrays crease and now it's all three of them crease larusso and johnny all against the other guy and it's okay it, i'm just saying in a three-on-one how did they not just kick his ass oh because They're like 50 at because this point right he's got unagi he's got he's got um he's got um He's he's got skill, mental games. He's manipulative. He's Goku. He, he's he's no. He's a, he's a behind the scenes shady character who like manipulates people and is is all playing all sides. He's, he's it's um oh, it's so fun. And the th- the thing is, they are the the four guys that are all like leading these different dojos and stuff are all the original cast members. So they are all like in their sixties. Ah. Or seventies. Yeah, that's what and, I was thinking. I and, was like, and, are they still? And they still have like full on showdowns. And oh, and and um, Larusso brings back someone from the second Karate Kid film who helps him out. Um, he's on his team now, and they and so they are all these old guys just doing karate. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> you. You have to just. You know, suspend disbelief so hard because the moves are yeah. so slow and weak, and it's like, the, 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 especially the kicks. The, but even the arms, it's like, like just very sort of Obi Wan Kenobi from the original Star Wars, where you just he can't. There's, do- a, there's an argument to be made there of like, you know, people still do take part in karate up until like the veterans class in different age categories. Oh like, yeah, in commonwealth and stuff so it makes sense that oh yeah sure like if these four old guys have got some sort of weird blood feud of course they're gonna fight oh yeah like 80 years old yeah i love it i love it but then there are instances when they (laughs) like own the younger cast and like own some yes like they i will use your energy against you (laughs) no they just batter them um they just punch them in the face five times yeah it's um I mean, to be fair, the big bad of season four, he is stacked. Like, he must be 6'5", and he's, like, he's just huge, um, even though he's, like, 70. Oh, and, and and then they get samurai swords out, and the guy gets his back slashed. Oh, and he gets, like... Um, what? Who's the, who's, the teenage, who's the Ninja Turtle with the with the forks? Is it... Oh. Raphael um, Donatello? Oh, it's one of them. I think it's Raphael, because... Donnie has the staff. Yeah. Michael Angel has the katana. Raphael has the the stabby forks. And then Donatello has the sword, the doesn't one? he? No, Donatello is the staff. He's the purple one. Right. Michelangelo is the blue one with the with the sword. katana. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. Which leaves Raphael and who's the other guy? Did we say Michelangelo? Who's the other. <laughs> Yeah, he's the main guy. Who's oh. the who's the rena- other Renaissance painter? Uh, uh. <laughs> and he uses nunchucks. And he's is he the the the, the pizza dude? I mean, they're all pizza dudes, but is he? The... They're all pizza. I know, dudes. but it, but is he the? Is <laughs> that he narrows the... it down nothing. No, but is he the main the 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 wacky one? The the sort of the orange one? Is that what you're thinking of? I th- I'm think I think it might be the orange one it's Raphael it's, Donatello uh, Michelangelo and uh, Raphael Raphael the, is the one with the stabbies Donatello is the one with the the, the 
nunchucks. I think. we didn't say all four though, have we? I thought we'd already said Raphael, Raphael, Donatello, Michelangelo, and Leonardo. Leonardo, yes. Leonardo. Hmm. Anyway, that was completely off topic. Anyway, he uses the forks. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> they use the forks in Cobra Kai. It's great. Um, there we go. Okay, so that's that's Raphael. He uses the sigh, which is the forks. Okay, that's Raphael. Right. Cool. Okay, and Michelangelo, Mikey is the nunchuck guy. Leonardo is the leader with the katana. Yeah. Okay, we're there. Sorry. Continue. God. Our our <laughs> turtle's knowledge needs to be, you know, it needs to be better, dude. Um, okay. Sam, what have you been up to? Because that's, that's my uh, spiel on uh, Cobra Kai being ridiculous and amazing at the same time. Being so good. Uh, me, what have I done this week? Um, I... F- I played Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. Uh, I'm not good at it by any means. I'm playing <laughs> on the most like, normal difficulty. I'm still getting my ass beat. Uh, but I beat the story because I bought a new TV. Oh, yes. How is the new TV? How is it L-E-D. Is it oh good? Oh, God, it's so good, dude. Okay. Like, I, I fine-tuned all the settings and I boosted up Devil May Cry. And it looks like there's just a real-ass man just in my living room with a giant robot hand and a demon sword. I'm like... <laughs> it's kind of weird but that's also very cool (laughs) so i've been i've been playing that good i've been watching some uh ultra hd stuff in uh netflix as well they're like the cloverfield paradox and the winx club's got a new series you could you could watch that i'm sure that's got some really good um definition on some great cgi uh, some great cg for the for the Mm. for the power of winx or whatever it's called destiny the power of glowy wings children's toys now, like, it sounds really weird, but um, the blacks on the TV, um, when it's, like, at nighttime Super or dark. if it's in, like, a really dark... Yeah, like, that's just it. Like, if something is meant to be... I love it. ...blacked out, it's just... Like, it actually is. Whereas on my old TV, it would be kind of, like, gradients and it mm. wouldn't, like, blend as much. Yeah. Whereas it's this, it's just, like... Sucky, shitty <gasps> little gradients. Yeah. Goddamn gradients. Like <laughs> like even watching stuff through my laptop, like if I'm watching One Piece or like anime, it's it it's got like okay, so there's a function on it. There's two functions. It uses AI to upscale whatever's playing, and then there's an AI surround sound function. Mm. So I have a soundbar. I don't need that soundbar anymore because the TV can somehow emulate a surround sound if I'm sat in front of it with the remote. Mm. I can't, dude. It's just the best purchase I've ever made. You're fucking nerding out so hard right now. <laughs> I know. And I'm unapologetic. So that's basically been me. I got a new TV and played a shit ton of Devil May Cry. Awesome. And I've been really enjoying it. That sounds very good. It's very interesting. Um, that, that sounded so sarcastic. It is interesting. But that's, I, I've already heard about bro. the TV, so it's, it's, it's mainly for the podcast. Um, okay. So let's... Yeah, right. should, we, should, we, should we wrap it up? Should we leave it there? Let's wrap it up. Apparently, I've just got a notification on my calendar that I have an assignment due tomorrow, which I, I'm not in any courses, so I don't really know what that's for. Um, <laughs> Do you just have like a rolling assignment from when we were at uni? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. This is... <laughs> oh, it's also the state funeral of Queen Elizabeth II, so we haven't mentioned that. So God rest the Queen. And uh, yeah. How's the queue doing? How is it? Let's not get into that on the podcast. Um, we get a day, we get a day <laughs> off tomorrow, so I will be sitting and watching the funeral. Oh, so the, do I. Yeah, oh, well done. Lovely. 
Yeah. Okay. Not for funeral reasons. It's the uh, respect for the age day, which I guess also works. I guess anyway, so. She was fairly aged. Uh, yes. <laughs> we'll see you all next week uh, in the anniversary. Take care.